pay. Top of the morning to your pizza, you smoothie, me ice cold pizza, cafe, ole, latte, da. You do the Zumba, but I do not. Give me like half a marathon. I'll give you the gospel of St. John. It's been like the wake up on, cause we both know that it's mercy flows in the morning. this morning. I am so, so excited this morning about Jesus. I'm excited about Jesus. You see, Father God, thank you. Lord Jesus, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. Headline, thank you. Thank you for Every time I ask you to come into agreement with me in prayer, something mighty, mighty, mighty miraculous happens. And I want to tell you something. Like, um, some of you, well, I've only prayed really with, I don't know, very few people since since we had the church. But God, I want to thank you because your glory has fallen upon this church. There's a manifestation of your presence here that I've never seen and experienced myself for myself, meaning for this for my ministry that God has given me to just be steward over for a short time. And I'm so, I'm just so thankful about it this morning because you're going to hear something probably double. Um, Natasha, can you call into the blog talk also this morning? I need you to Switch over from the speaker to the blog talk, Natasha. Brothers and sisters, we're in the flow. We're in the flow. And when the wave comes in, it it comes in over everybody. Um, So, okay, Natasha, switch over to the blog talk. Thank you. When When the wave comes in, it comes in all the way from Africa all the way up to Newfoundland. And I never will forget when I was in Newfoundland, uh, St. John, I mean, Prince George, whatever it was, Prince George, um, Newfoundland, and St. John's, Newfoundland. 
I, I never will forget standing in uh, Canada, up there in Newfoundland, realizing that I was I was standing there looking, and that where I was standing, if I could fly over there, I could be in uh, Cuba. And I was thinking, you know, about how big God is. Just, that's all I was thinking. That's all I was thinking about. And now I I realize that that bigness, that bigness of God is in us. And what you're about to hear, some of you don't quite believe it because you ain't experienced it, but you can And God, I want to thank you for that this morning. I want to thank you for what you're about to. Oh, well, the Edwin Hawkins um, singers rewrote this song right here. It It says it for me.
Okay, Jacqueline, I have your mic open. Are you here? Yes, I'm here. Okay, Natasha, I have your mic open. You here? Yes, ma'am. Okay, Jacqueline has a praise report. Yes, I do. I'm so excited. Give us us a little prayer and then give your praise report. And the reason that Natasha is along with you, she she has a praise report, and you know it's been ongoing, and your praise report is going to spiritually increase the rate of the miracle that she's in the process of receiving. You hear me, Jacqueline? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. Father, I just want to thank you. First of all, I just thank you, God, because even when it feels like or it seems like nothing's happening, God, or that or that there's no change, God, that you are working mightily behind the scenes, God, I thank you, and I appreciate you, and I love you, God, and Father, I just sprinkle and apply the blood of Jesus for myself, Natasha, and the people that are under the sound of my voice, and Father, God, I ask that you send forth your angels to be with us, God, I ask that Holy Spirit, that you lead me and guide me, that I say all the things that are in your will, God. And I ask, Father, that um, thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And I thank you, God. Again, I just can't stop thanking you because I'm just so joyful. And I love you, God, and I just thank you that that this um, will release something out there for other children, God, and uh, that your your anointing, your love, your power will just be released uh, after this testimony, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, you want me just to kind of start from the beginning? And tell yes, ma'am. Yeah, yes, ma'am. Okay. Uh, let's see. My son, my son's 11. Uh, when I had him, I I was 20, and uh, he he was like the average baby. And when I started noticing some stuff, kind of, he started to have delays. I thought a a baby shouldn't have, and. He talked early. I mean, he was nine and a half, ten months, and he was walking around, you know, and, and things like that seemed all right. And then when he was supposed to say, you know, words and stuff, he didn't say anything. He uh, he made no eye contact. He completely avoided eye contact with me. Um, he did the hand flapping. He did strange things, and I had no idea. I was a younger mom. I didn't really understand on. And I had a friend over, and she said, well, maybe maybe he has Asperger's or autism or something. And I thought, what in the world is this? I, I had never even heard of it before. 
so I started Googling it, and I just felt my heart drop because the things that he was doing were, you know, right there with what the signs and symptoms were. And so I took him to the doctor, and uh, the doctor basically he was going to ISS at that time and she was kind of a she wasn't very nice and she just basically said you know there was something wrong with him and that we needed to have a speech evaluation done and she walked out of the room very strange and I just remember sitting there thinking okay I called these people and uh, yeah I was called Napper. It's a wonderful company, and they come to your home and they do these evaluations. And they they said, yeah, you know, he definitely is delayed. We'll continue to do speech services. We'll come every week. So they did that for the longest time. Nothing. There there weren't any improvements. So um, after a while, we took him to another place and they ran some tests and they said that he had autism and I went to all these conventions, to all these classes uh, everything that could possibly tell me something about what was going on with him, how could I help him everything Uh, this was about when he was two years old and uh, we were continuing, you know, therapies and stuff. And I just remember I would try and point to stuff, take pictures with him. He was in another world. It was so awful. And I thought, God, you know what? How could this happen? My son, I just, I, I was very confused because I, I had never heard of anything like it. And, and his doctor basically said, listen, I really want you to prepare yourself because he's, you know, one of the worst cases I've seen. Yes, he can walk, but he can't talk. He doesn't, he has little to no interaction. We had his hearing tested. It was perfect, but he just wouldn't, um, I don't know, pay attention. He wouldn't come when he called his name. He wouldn't come to look at you. Uh, his doctor said he would he would be in diapers for the rest of his life. Um, she basically told me to plan uh, elementary, middle school, high school, and to plan that he would live with me for the rest of his life. And uh, I just remember it was it's so hard to hear that. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. And, uh, and I, I just remember praying so much. I prayed and prayed and prayed. And I told my mom about what happened. It's a prayer. And I remember my mom called PBN, and she was putting in prayer requests with them all the time. And we just continued to pray over him and pray over him. And this, this man on TBS prayed with her, and she, she told me, Sissy, this man called to 
a spirit of autism. <laughs> and I said, what? And this is really the first time I've ever heard of things like this. And that kind of, like, opened my mind. I said, wow. So there was a seed planted, but it was, like, a spiritual issue as well. And I thought, okay, God. And it gave me some hope. And my dad didn't teach until he was about four, give or take. And then he, he... I feel bad. I don't even remember his first word. It was... But I remember hearing his little voice. It kind of sounded um, mono. <laughs> that was another thing that they had mentioned. Yeah, but I was so happy to hear it. I was like, oh, my gosh, praise the Lord. I hear his voice, you know. And he only said a few things, but he started making eye contact. I did I did this diet change, and I removed some things from the diet that they thought would help, and oh, it, was just, it was not the diet for me. Like, it was gluten-free and all this stuff, but I was like, I will do this for him. I was doing anything and everything, including praying. And so his dad, when we were married, his dad's far from a believer. He's the opposite end, actually. And it was... It was very difficult because he thought everything that I was doing was very fruitless. It was silly, and he thought it was just a way to bring me comfort. And but I continued, even though I felt like I was walking it alone. I just continued to pray. And so after years went on in school, he I took him also to private therapy. So he received it in school and privately. And I'm telling you, it felt like that's all I ever did, you know. And I kept saying, God, you know, I'm just not seeing a bunch. And one day I was laying in bed, and I, I read books to him every night. And I got up, and I walked away, and I came back, and I could hear him talking in the room. And I, and I went in there, and I said, what? And so I kind of peeked through the door. And he was reading the book out loud. So I, I guess that's when I realized that he was retaining everything. He was hearing, and he knew what was going on around him. He was reading the book word for word out loud. I just could not believe it. I recorded it. And I just, it was like kind of from that moment on, I started seeing some progression. And uh, he used to have terrible night terrors. I don't know if this is with other kids or if it was just, you know, something spiritually going on with him at that time. But he would get up and he'd scream for hours at night. And it was so awful because before we bought our first home, we lived in apartments. And I have to apologize to the neighbors. I, it was just so awful. I felt so bad, but I couldn't do anything about it, you know, but try and comfort him. And that was another thing that was really difficult to deal with. So I started going to school, and my mom came to help uh, take care of him. And I don't know. 
who the pastor was on TV, but he said something, and he said, receive your healing in Jesus' name. And my mom said my son raised his arms, and he said, I receive it. <laughs> and my mom said, he said he receives it. And I kind of didn't believe her at the time, but, I mean, I believe that it happened, but I didn't really feel like it had that much effect until I started seeing some more stuff happening, and he started talking more. And the, uh, the speech increased. I potty trained him, okay, so he wasn't in diapers anymore. And he was about four then. And so we enrolled him in school. He was in a, the class he started in was not, um, it was basically just for kids with severe um, disabilities. And I said, okay, you know, this is a start. And the teacher there, she's a military woman, and she said, listen, I, I have to tell you, I, I don't, there's certain things I don't do. I don't let them stem. And stemming is like, I don't know if it comforts them or what it is, but it's like hand flapping and repetitive things. And she told me, she said, I, I just, I don't believe in it and I don't, I don't want them to make it a bad habit, if you can understand. She says, I know that you're taught otherwise, but but through her experience, you were able to get them to not do those things. And I said, okay, no, I like, I didn't want him to do those things, you know. So uh, he got out of her class, and he was talking more. He went into... Um, first grade, second grade, and then the therapy started to get less and less, and his academics, his um, intelligence, his social behavior became more and more there, and it just started to get better, and I continued to pray, and there were times where I was wondering, you know, is this going to get better, or is this it, like, to come to its total here, you know, and I remember crying to my husband now, you know, I, I was since divorced, and, but my husband, I kept saying, do you think he's going to live with us forever? Do you think he'll get married? Like, these things cross your mind because you want the best for your children, and, and I was thinking, God, I, I want him to live a full life, and my husband just assured me, you know, let's just keep praying, and, and I think you're all right, and and so I continued to pray over him. And I stopped saying he has autism. I stopped saying that. I just refused to say those words. I just said, I'm so sick of them. I can't stand those words. And I'm not, I just don't want to use them anymore. And I quit, I quit speaking it over him. And I told my, his dad and I talked and we said, we would wait to tell him until he was 12 years old about the, everything going on. That we would rather have him basically, you know, not have there in his mind. And I just thought about, you know, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I kept thinking, I, I don't want him to feel like he has any hindrances or that he can't do anything. So I. 
I just said, I'll wait to even say anything. So as time went on, the therapy, you know, he received a lot of therapies. There was like physical, occupational, speech. Um, it was just a lot of stuff. And they all stopped. And they said, well, we would like to test him for, for gifted. And this was a couple years ago. I said, great, that sounds good. The first time they tested him, they said it didn't work. You know, he's, he's just too young. It was just about second grade. Um, he, he wasn't really paying attention to the test. So then they said, we'll, we'll try again next year. So then they tested him the following year, and he passed. And they said, he has really high tests, and we think this is perfect. They don't want any hindrances for the kids, so they were able to give him uh, material that they thought was appropriate. And then, so we had these things called IEPs. They're like, uh, I don't know, meetings that you have with the special, special uh, education teachers and stuff. Uh, you have them like once or twice a year. And they're like goals that you set. And, uh, you know, any therapy services, stuff like that. And so I, I had been doing these for so long. And every time we go in and say, oh, this is the, for the diagnosis of autism and the secondary is forgifted. And it's like I hated to hear those words every time we went in. And finally it got to the point where I started telling them, listen, I forget that it even says that. I don't see this at home anymore. It, it finally got to the point where I didn't see anything. And then I told them, you know, early this year, I said, would it be any way possible that that we could request that he be seen by, you know, a psychologist, somebody to tell me, because I just don't see this anymore. And they said, well, it's kind of a strange request, but uh, we'll see what we can do. So the next time we, we come in for an IEP, a special education teacher, or he's like the head over it. And he said, listen, Jack, when I talked to the psychologist, she said it, it's an unusual request, but because of what all of us are saying collectively, that she would come in and do this. So uh, that was early this year. I didn't hear anything because of all that thinking corona stuff, you know. So I thought that he was going to have to do the testing next year. Well, then his PACE teacher, which is um, it's like the, for the gifted class, he called and he said, oh, we're going to have another IEP, and the psychologist is going to, you know, be there with her findings. And I was like, wow, oh, my gosh, okay. And so I had met with Dr. Erica earlier in the year, and I told her what we were believing for. And... Um, you know, this is a few months back, so I, I was really excited. So yesterday, I get the call, and we're over the phone. It was kind of hard to hear, but I, I did have some documents that I, I was able to follow along with. And uh, so she just goes right in, and she's like, I just have to tell you what a pleasure it was to test your son. And I was like, oh, my gosh, because I was so excited, you know. And um, she said, in all my years, I have never 
tested an elementary student that was this high. And I just, I started crying. I had my phone muted, but I was crying on the other end because it felt so good to, to hear somebody say something else, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so she started to tell me, they, they did all these tests. Okay, I don't even know exactly what they are. But they're basically, there's like an, an intellectual test and a behavior, there's several behavior assessments. There was a phonological processing, some Johnson, some, I don't know, just a, a bunch of tests. Okay, and she said he was so inquisitive. He enjoyed everything that she gave, and he was able to complete things at a phenomenal uh, thing. Like, he did 74 math problems in three minutes and barely used the scratch paper. Like, things that I had seen, but I didn't really know, know, you know. And because he's just now... I don't see anything anymore. You know, he he plays with his friends. I mean, he seems like a very regular kid at this point. So then she starts going through all these tests, and they're all chart. Literally, some on some of these have bar graphs, and they're off the chart. The highest is 140, and he's got 150 on some of these. And she. She goes through this thing. It's huge. There's so many pages. And she said he scored high in everything. And she said normally a child will will be very low in another area if they have still have autism or something. You know, was basically she's trying to explain it to me in, in layman's terms so I can understand, you know, what she was talking about. And she said he scored so high on everything, and I said, "Well, did you did you do an IQ test or something? Like, is that something you do?" And she said, "Yeah." So she said, "It's kind of hard to explain. There's a few tests involved." She said, "There's a collective test, and it was 128, and then you add this other thing, and it was 132." And I was like, "Okay, I feel it." because I was going to Google it, you know, I was just curious. And so she goes through and she says, you know, I've never done this before. And she says, in my line of work, she said, we believe that this never goes away. But she said, I have no um, test to support it whatsoever. And she said, actually, I'm on the contrary, it's quite the opposite. And she said, so if it's okay with you, Mom, I'd like to to remove that and put gifted as his as his primary. Yay. And I I cried. <laughs> because it's been so long. It's been like a decade, you know, and I it just felt so long. And I thought, God, you are so good. I just continue to pray and pray and pray. And I go in every night with him and I hold his hand and I pray with him. And 
Jacqueline. You didn't make Jacqueline. I need you to make that clear. What is his IQ? When she said with the test combined it was one one thirty two. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) His IQ is what? One thirty two. And how old is he? He's eleven. I believe you know one thirty two is highly gifted. Yeah, so I googled it. So I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I said, what is this? You know, because I like to research stuff. You know, Doctor Erica, I love to research. I got to know what it is. So I'll yeah. spend days searching stuff out. I looked it up. They said it was like. Two percent, less than two percent of the world's population. And I said, "Glory to right. God!" <laughs> right. <laughs> I said, "Are you Jesus. kidding me?" That doctor told me that he was going to just be nothing but just sitting around in his own mind, kind of a person. She told me those things, and I and I believed them. It was mm-hmm. terrible, and, and praise God, he he changed that. He broke that off of my mind, and I hope and I continued to believe in God's report and that was very hard let me tell you guys very hard when it comes to something being wrong with your child you know that can be so hard and I just I just kept saying no I don't believe it and I would just cast those words down anytime somebody would even say it I would walk off and I'd be like I'm fine with you those words and I, I cast into the ground. I was like, I command the nothing. I would always walk off and say it. And even in the IPs, I would be like up under my breath, oh, fun of it. <laughs> because I just didn't even want it. <laughs> I didn't even want it to be right. out there. I was, I've come too far. He's come too far to. And there were a couple times where I thought I seen him do something strange. And I was like, no, devil. Uh uh-uh. uh. And. She told me in the testing, she said, I didn't see anything. She said even his social was was scored high or high average or superior. Even the social part of it, Dr. Yeah. <laughs> Everything, yeah. the, the self-care stuff, like they even tested him on how he can care for himself, his social awareness, like if he was to be out by himself with Hi, I was like, glory to God, you know, I, at the beginning, would I have thought this was possible? Probably not. You know, I was just barely a new believer. I became a believer when, uh, just right at the beginning. So I didn't really know a lot about anything. And this was right when the whole vaccine thing was coming out and, and I was just so bombarded by questions by people and doctors, and it was just a terrible experience. And, you know, the, I carried heaviness with me for a very long time. And a church that we had gone to, I remember I, they said, would you want to receive the baptism? And I said, well, yeah, you know, if I don't have it, I, I would like that. And so I remember she'd come around and she anointed my head with oil and power of God hit me. It felt like 
fire truck hose in the top of my head. <laughs> and it just kept filling me. And, and it was like an unbelievable experience. And I remember she commanded the spirit of heaviness to go off of me. And, and it was like that day forward, I was able to continue. I didn't have those long crying spells and stuff because I would just cry and cry. It felt very hopeless. It was a very heavy weighted feeling. And, and there were just, when I look back, there were so many times that I could see where God was working. And I couldn't see it at the time. But as time went on and I look back, I, he was there with me through all of it. When I felt very alone, God was there. And I hope this encourages those of you out there, you know, I know that there's a lot of children out there. Please don't stop believing in the Lord's report. Don't stop praying over them. Don't stop. Just you, you just got to get into the word and believe the Lord's report. It is so important because he went from basically a hopeless case to them saying, we can't find not a single thing here that supports this. It's, it's quite the opposite. And I cried. I was so full of joy. I cried. I called his dad. I told his dad, I said, when you get off the base, I want you to, to message me. I have great news. So his dad called me, and I told him about it. And his dad was completely thrilled. He just said, I never thought. I never thought. He said, I'm just so happy. And I cried. I said, I'm sorry, I'll cry. I said, but I'm so happy, you know. <laughs> and I just said, I, I thank God. And I told to him, because he ain't a believer whatsoever. And I just said, I thank God. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. Thank God. Natasha. Yes, ma'am. I need you to speak. Yes, well, oh. So many things, oh, it's so, I'm familiar with a lot of your story. Um, I, and I've, I've told the story on the chat line before, some of the back, um, the back story. And Shiley, at this point, he's 13 years old, but I started seeing signs around 15 months. Um, at that time, he was already reading. He loved to read words, so I would put him on index cards, and I would throw them on the floor. That was like a game we played. I would throw them on the floor, and then I would say, go get me high. And he would pick the high up, and he would bring it back to me. He would say, hi, and then I would say, go get me B. He would B, and then one day, he lost the beginning sound, and he would pick up high. He would give it to me. He would say, I, and then he would go to Beetle. And he would say, tool. And I said, what? Okay, hold on. <laughs> Something, not right. But it continued that way for a minute. And then I started noticing the eye contact. Um, his eyes would flee. Like he couldn't look me right in my eyes. Um, he would, you know, with everything, even with the words at a certain point, he wouldn't look at the words anymore. And then it was just silent. Um, and I did the same thing. He had all the therapies. It was like a whole nother job. It was like 40 hours of therapy, 40, not just with the, um, the physical therapy, the, uh, the um, occupational therapy, the PT, 
speech therapy. I mean, everything. I was, I was, I lived at CSKD, and then therapy yeah. was in the Hyle house, and I so understand Jesus, the 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 level of uh, exhaustion, the level of, but you, but you, you. You have it in you because you, it's your child. It's like if there's a strength that comes out of nowhere because you're like, I, this is my child, and somebody has the answer, and this is all going to come together one day. And like you said, when, when you sit down at the table with all the doctors and all the teachers and the therapists, and they're like, we don't have a clue. We're just doing what we think we can do. Um, it, you know, it can get to that point. But, but God, but God. But God, so it it, it yeah. just seemed like God would put the right person at the right time that would say, uh-uh, I don't believe this report. <laughs> I don't believe this report. So I remember having a therapist. She was so unconventional. And she said, no, Charlie's going to look at me. <laughs> you know, because everybody would say, well, this is a, the symptom of autism is that they will not look at you. That's just something we just want to but this lady said, I'm not accepting it. What is he like? I said, he loves the swing. He loves food. She said, okay, I want you to bring that to the therapy office, and that's what we're going to work with. And she, he could not get the swing unless he looked at us. So we would do all kinds of unconventional. I mean, people thought the other therapist was like, what is going on? And then she started to merge them all together. She's like, oh, no, Shiley, you want, you want this, this um, cereal? You're going to look at me. And she, I mean, I can go on for hours trying to explain it, but it took, sometimes it would take six months to get one look. It would take, you know, but once we got the look, it was there. And then we just kept going and building on it. And um, and so we, there was hope. Once you saw him do one thing, it was like, oh, there's hope. <laughs> he did it. He did it. And we would keep going and going and going. But this was from, you know, from five years old up until now. But I felt like it got to a point where we, there was no, the progression kind of slowed down. And um, I think it was back in September, I was on the TED line, and um, Dr. Shepard had prayed for me. And she broke the spirit of sabotage, and she prayed for the restoration of virtue. When that broke on me, I went downstairs, and I asked, because um, he went to the, he, he has this thing where he'll go to the refrigerator and take the whole jug out. <laughs> so like, he's like, I don't need nobody help. He'll take the whole jug out and put it on the table. And I said, do you want something to drink? And he said, yes. Yeah. Just like that, like it wasn't, there was no delayed response. Normally he would just shake his head, yes or no, because he would, we taught him a lot of gestures. This, if he didn't have a, a card or a picture, he had the gesture to use, but he said yes. And it, I almost, I had to stop and say, am I hearing something? Like, I, <laughs> maybe, is there somebody else in the room? Where's my other son? I didn't know what, and, and I said, okay, hold on. I said, Shiley, do you want something to drink? He said, yes. I said, whoa. And then I, I called Dr. Erica. I told her the praise report, got back on the chat line. And then it was like the floodgates started to open. But it, it was slow. It was like here I would, I would notice his level of awareness was, was increasing. 
Like he knew where I was. He knew he would come and sit on the couch with, and you know, like you talked about with the social, the social challenges, um, he would never really be, be in the same room with us. He always had his space. He would go to his swing. He would go in the corner. Um, he was locked into his iPad, but he actually came and sat on the couch with us. And everybody who was at my house, they were like, what? Shiley is sitting on the couch. <laughs> and he's just sitting next to us like it was like, what y'all doing? <laughs> and we was like, oh, my goodness. So um, after that, the next, the next thing, um, it was just a oh, spoken response. I would ask him a question, and it wasn't a delay anymore. Um, the spirit, oh, I thank you, Holy Ghost. He said it was an ease. Because we had prayed, but we was praying with it um, about the spirit of ease and unease. And so there, there, it's like all of a sudden there was this ease that was, had came to everything he attempted to do. So the next sign I saw was uh, him getting a haircut because he could never, uh, my, uh, the barbers he went to could not cut his hair with the clippers. He always had to do it with the scissors, and it was, it was very... <laughs> It was very, uh, how can I say, unconventional how he would have to do his haircut. But this time, um, my nephew was here, and he said, I think I can cut his hair. And I said, okay. He set him down. He cut his hair. Shiley did right. not, he didn't, nothing. It was just like like a, uh, uh, I said he was 13, so he was 12. 12-year-old 12 boy sitting down to get his haircut. And we all, I mean, you don't know how to react because, the things that you've been praying for for years, yeah. and it seems like it's never—it's happening right before your eyes. It's like he's coming out of this box. Mm. He's coming out of the box, and um, and then uh, so then the corona corona hit, and now we all locked into the house, and mm-hmm. the teacher sent um, the teacher has sent him his activities, and she kept saying. I am, uh, I'm so, like, I don't want him to lose his progress. I've been working so hard. And let me preface that with last year he had a different teacher. This teacher, is, she has a child with special needs. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. Woo. Sorry. She has mm-hmm. a child with special needs. And, but there's a passion that comes with it. When you got the same, when you have the same struggle, oh, God. So I told her. This is how Shiley learns. For all the therapies that we've been doing for seven years now, I, you know, we, we develop a pattern to approach things the way that he, he can, he can um, learn. And that's, that's some of the challenges with the tests that they give them is that it's, sometimes it's not what they know, it's how the test is given. And they're, they're not able to change the test. I mean, if he's nonverbal, he can't speak. Um, and he, but he still knows what the picture is, it's still counted as, as incorrect. Um, so with that said, she, so she, she accepted my input, and she mm-hmm. combined with me with, with, with she, her passion and getting Shiley where she thinks she could go. She was like, I know there's a lot in there, and we won't get it out. And so... Mm-hmm. Yes, and so at this point, she she didn't look at it like like he had. There was a limit. She didn't have. There was no limit on what Shiley can do. That was her approach. And so, 
I did not know what was happening in school except for a couple of times she said he start to, he's starting to talk. Like I, he, would, he would say something that would get him to say something. So it was similar to what I was experiencing at home. But on one assignment she gave him, it was 40, um, it was sight words. It was sight words. And um, I get on the computer and I told, I, I started the, the assignment, and what the assignment was is he would have to click on an image, and that, it was like a, an ear. So he could see, it was like saying that he can hear it. So he click on the image, and it would say a word. And once he heard the word, he would have to choose out of four other words that, uh, which one, it, what did he hear, okay? And so the first one, me being mom, and being like, oh, I'm going to help my son out. <laughs> you know, Let me help you out, Shiley. <laughs> so I was like, Shiley. So the first word was here. So I said, Shiley, H, because I knew he knew how to do his letters, right? So, I'm <laughs> Ooh, so I said, Shiley, H. And he looks at the H and he goes, so I'm thinking I'm helping him. And so the next word, I asked my youngest son, I said, can you sit next to him? And let him go through the thing. And I'm explaining to him how I instruct him. <laughs> so I had to go be humble for a second. And um, I didn't hear my son say anything, but I heard the word, I heard the letter, I mean, the word come on, and I would hear Shiley select. And I heard about three times. And I came back in the room and I said, Why are you not saying the word? He said, I don't have to. Shiley's doing it himself. And I said, What? So we watched him do the whole assignment by himself. He would hear um, a word like A-N, because, you know, N can be A-N, it can be I-N, you know. And I would hear hear the word. He would go right to the right one. And it was quick, like you said with your son. It wasn't like he thought about it. It was, it was quick, even for a, an, a typical child. Uh, who would take the test and respond, it was quicker than that. It was almost robotic. He would just hear the word and go click, 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 click. And I was like, what? And then and then he was done. And I said, oh, my goodness, what is going on? I, I did a video, and it's too big to send to the chat lines because of the, you know, the file. But you uh-huh. hear me in the background. I was like, Shirley, I didn't know you had it in you. <laughs> So I, just, I was like, oh, my goodness. But it took me back to him being a baby and how he loved words. He mm-hmm. loved to read. That was his favorite activity. And so I, I talked to his teacher, and she said, I've been meaning to tell you that for a long time, but I couldn't record it because of the, um, because of the what do you call it, the, the, you know, the laws in school, you can't record the children because there's other special needs children in there. So, um so going back to when that when uh, the when I was on the chat line and she and that spirit was broken, this is all the stuff was happening and I these are things I wasn't saying I was saying at home, but I couldn't see what was going on in school and she said that you know for for a couple of months he has been reading not just not just choosing the words he's been saying the words and she said it took me a second to hear she she said. I would say something, she would hear him go, stop. And she said, oh, Shiley? And she said, wait a minute, hold on. He is saying these words. So she would, she put the 40 words up, and she would get him to point to it, but she wouldn't say anything. So he would go, stop, blue, Uh see, T, 
Mm-hmm. Here we go. And it's real faint. It's real faint. And I'm like, I had, I had to figure out how to, um, oh, I'm not going to figure it out. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit do. But he, 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 but you could hear him. And he, all 40 of those sight words he could pronounce. It was just one. It was one. It was so funny. He, the word little, he said, little, 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 little. Like he was so, I'm going to get this word out. Little, 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 little. little. <laughs> to be tested again once I guess when school comes back in because we had already set up a date for him to be tested because at the last IEP meeting we had the same experience it was like they took the IEP or I would say the evaluation from him when he was first got tested for um, what do you call it like special needs program Mm -hmm. and when I heard it oh man Jacqueline, I felt the same way. I was like, that's not him. That's not him. Like, yeah. it may have been him. And see, here's the, the the conflict of interest for a parent. It's like you almost have to um, say what it is in order to get the programs that they need. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it, it was yeah. all, it's like I had to, you, you, and, and your heart wants to say, no, my son doesn't have autism. But in that moment, you have to say he has autism, he can't dress, he don't go to the bathroom, because if not, he does not qualify for the programs. And so I, I, I've been there so many times. Like I said, he's 13, so I, he's been in early intervention since he was three. And all of the testing, all of the evaluations, everything over and over again. But when they read that evaluation from back in the day, the teachers, the therapists, all of them said, that is not Shiley. Mm-hmm. For the first time, it wasn't just me having to rely on my own faith. They said, I am a witness <laughs> that that is not Shiley. And this lady said, she said, let me, she said, can I say something? And it wasn't even his teacher. It was like, a, you know, one of the therapists that come in the room, you know, they like, mm-hmm. a, a, you know, she said, can I say something? She said, this boy is like an angel. He said, you, she said, you can tell when a child is loved. You can tell when parents pour into their children because he is so, she said, when he comes into the room, I'm just so excited to see him. And he's, he, he's always like that. Even the children that come, he come in the room to be nonverbal and to have the other children embrace him. You know, in a marketplace, we could, we could, I could be somewhere out with Shiley, and I'll see a typical, you know, a typical child say, "Hi, Shiley," and I'll go, "She's gonna say, oh, we know her from school," and I say, "What?" And then on the bus, the bus driver say, "Oh, this girl, she won't leave. She, she makes sure he gets onto the bus. She sit next to him on the bus. She talks to him the whole bus ride home." <laughs> Come on, Shiley, I, it's. It's amazing. It's amazing. I know God is going to do something. And, and when I yeah. see the other children, mm, the, when I, on Mother's Day I have read a poem about the greatest love, the greatest love. They say that, a, that the, the greatest love is it, there's no greater love than the one transmitted between a mother and her child. Mm. Its frequencies can be felt with from the highest mountain. So when I see 
the other children walking around with the same symptoms. Yeah. I know the struggle. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah. and it's, I know God is going to do something. It, it, something is, it's, it, we have to have a breakthrough. Because I, I, I go into school, I see 10 children walking on their uh, tippy toes. And they are like, Lord, my heart cries out because this is a, we talk about this being a pandemic with Corona. This, this has been real for a lot of us for a long time. And I have, I have those same questions. Like I remember, I remember the first time it really hit me, like the reality of what it would be if God did not intervene. I saw a maybe 20-something-year-old man in Walmart, and he was jumping up and down. Now, I've seen Shiley used to do that all the time when he would get, you know, that was one of his stemming things. He would jump right up and down, right up and down, right? And I saw him, a 20-year-old man doing the same thing in Walmart, and I literally broke down in the middle of Walmart because I was like, this is what my child wanted. I refuse to accept that. Not that mm-hmm. I'm saying anything, you know, towards the, the man, but it's God, God, you are a healer. You can do all things. All you have to do is speak it. All you have to do is say, it is finished, it is over. All you have to do is say, go, in the name That's of Jesus. That's right. Mm. That's right. Mm. Can I add something? And so those, those uh-huh, sure. Uh, speaking on seeing the other you know, people out there, you don't quite notice it, I, you know, until you have a kid. And then you go around and yes. you see that it's everywhere. It mm-hmm. is so beyond you. When you go out and you go to yeah. the store, you see so many children. So, uh, And like you were saying, adults and stuff, and you just think, what is happening, you know? And mm-hmm. a lot of these mm-hmm. people... You know, they have just accepted it. And, you know, like you said, you just can't accept it. You have to push forward and you have to believe God's report because yeah. something has to there's change. No, there's no other way. But they even, That's right. I don't know what, I don't know about your state, but in Virginia, they have closed most of the facilities that they would even be able to stay in as an adult. Even though they have the program, the the case manager said the the facilities are closing. So what happens if something happens to your child? If something happens to us, you know, like, mm-hmm. mm. oh God. So there there's there's so, but but God, that's all I can say because it's not going to end on a bad note right. because God has shown us. That he can do all things. He has done it for me. When he broke that spirit that day, my son started to, everything started to increase. So I'm I'm looking forward to the day that he walks up to me and he say, "Hi, mommy. <laughs> Hi, mommy. Mm-hmm. There is nothing holding him back. Not one shackle, no nothing. Mm. I'm looking forward to it." Jacqueline, what's your son's IQ? 132. Can you say that again? <laughs> 132. Can you say that one more time? 132. What, what, what does the world say? Hopeless. 
success, right? Well, hopefully. They said he was never going to be nothing. He was going to just stay at home with Mama. He's going to have no no quality of life. Mm, they quality of life. They took care of myself. Brothers and the sisters, devil is a liar. A big That's one. Right. A big one. Mm. Hopeless with Jesus is an IQ of 132. Did you hear me this morning? Hopeless hmm. with Jesus is an IQ of That's 132. Right. I said, hopeless with Jesus Ooh. is an IQ of 132.
brothers and sisters, you're not hearing testimonies from people out there. You don't know whether they're lying or telling the truth. These are people you pray with every day. These are people you've been praying with every day, not just picked them up yesterday. I mean for a while. These are people just like you, just like me. This is us. Whose report are you going to believe? I got a testimony for you tomorrow. Remember, I asked you all to pray for Amir. Amir, man, Mm -hmm. that love. Y'all talk about that mother's love. I saw the power of it right in the sanctuary uh, yesterday. I saw it. I experienced it. I even had the opportunity to see a gin. A gin. I saw that thing. I saw it jump out. It kind of made me jump back for a minute because I I never seen it. And and it went through a door. It went through a door. A door appeared in the spirit. Just went through that door. I asked him. See, there wouldn't have been any any room today for his testimony because God wants this. Testimony to settle in the airway. Okay, so there wouldn't have been no room for it today. But I'm going to tell you about the deliverance that took place here yesterday. Um, And the mom, how she had to hold her son as he went through the trauma of when he came through the womb. You hear me this morning? Brothers and sisters, God is so real that I don't know, I don't know, I just don't even know sometimes how to um, convey it. I don't know how to convey it. But I do know this. I have even seen real bad cases of this that came through a vaccination from a pastor right over there in Kentucky. And the daughter came off the CPAP. She was on a CPAP machine. And and once again, I saw a mother and a father's love deliver their kid from autism. I've seen it. I, I saw a guy, another person, he's a chiropractor. His son was completely delivered. Just like I've seen people deliver from Alzheimer's. Is there anything too hard for God? That's my question. The answer is no. No. There is absolutely no reason, no reason not to serve God, not to love him, and not to receive what he has for you. I'm not even going to go through with the, 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 the word, or maybe I will real real quickly, what God had given me was to read uh, Revelation 12. This one, not, was it Revelation 12? Um, yeah, Revelation 12. And the word that God gave me <coughs> for reading Revelation 12 is the place which I have prepared for you. Revelation 12. Read it when you can today, and make sure you read it in the message 
as well as the King James. And this is the word of the Lord today. Behold, it's coming from Exodus 23, 20, and, and what I just gave you. I sent an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. John 14, 2, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. John 14, 3, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Brothers and sisters, our Father, which art in heaven, holy, 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 yeah. holy. Yeah. His you. will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We must serve him and love him and teach your children to love him and serve him the rest of our days. i see you tomorrow on the channel. God delivered, God healed Amir, and God called Amir right in here when I laid hands on him, and God took him up into the presence of heaven, and God told him, I'm sending you back to Tunisia to save my people. I'm sending you back as a deliverer. I'm sending you back. God unloose a missionary calling on that young man's life. God, see, God still calls people into commission, into service. And he told him, I'm sending you back. And he said out of his own mouth, when I said, what did God say to you when you were up there in heaven with him just now? He said, I must go back and save my people. That's what God said to him, save his people. Save the people of his generational and ancestral culture. God is still calling people.
Somebody say it is so. Somebody say it is so. Somebody say it is so. 